Music Biz 101 and more. Brave New Radio oh, on your dial. It's 88.7 FM. Our NPR voice. It is. We're so excited to bring you Talk Music Biz slower. 101 and more. That's it. On the FM airwaves. Right. We hope you're listening to the broadcast, maybe streaming online. Yes. The best part is we're in your ear, we're in your head. <sighs> we're with you right now. <laughs> this <laughs> is what they call stalling. <laughs> so the Stretching. guest is our uh, engineer. Uh, yes. our German engineer is doing this. Our, our German engineer is telling us certain she's doing things. This. She's doing this. Oh, German engineer is walking out, so she knows oh, this okay. is the time to drop certain bombs this. that begin with the word F. That means stretch. And a stretch. stretch. For our radio audience. Yeah, for the radio audience, you can see all the visuals by the Dr. Esteban Marconi. By the way, this is Music Biz 101 and more on Brave New Radio. I'm your professor, David Kirkville, along with Dr. Esteban. Yes. So great to have Dr. Esteban yes, here. Yes, we have special guest tonight. We have a special guest, J.K. John Kennedy. Yes. Who is No the, relation. To whom? <laughs> to J.F. Kennedy. Robert's brother? Yes. I went to uh, high school with a kid named John Kennedy. Very He's no good. longer a kid. He's like 50 years old. Yes. But he's like still you. around. He's... Like, uh, well, I like 50-year-olds, but I'm far from that. I'm closer to college uh, age, I would say. Would you not say? Dr. Esteban's daughter, Abby, is in the room. Abby yes. Marconi! Abby All Marconi! Right. Abby, do now they call you Marconi or Marcone? Marcone. Abby Marcone is here. We also have the guest, John Kennedy's in here. Yes. JK. Hello, right here. Take a seat. Come on now. Oh, yeah. All right, okay. see Pleasure, pleasure. I hugged the guest and I didn't want to let go. That's okay. How do you let go of the guest? It's my cologne, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's a wonderful cologne. We have this is Anthony Brown. We have a student co-host, Anthony Brown. Okay. Woo! There we go. And we have uh, Ashley Veltner, who is our German engineer, doesn't speak a word of the language, the language being English, but she knows how to push those knobs. She knows how to slap those dials and make things happen. Slap That's those a great dials. thing about her. Hello, Gayle. We have George Dassinger, George Dassinger here. Boy, we need, a, we need a creative, camera. A creative fellow. This is one of the greatest radio shows ever. Very excited about it. And it's called Music Biz Ciento Uno y Más. Si. For, for los uh, si. estudiantes español. <laughs> I know. So we should give thanks before we head on to the John yes, Kennedy please, show. Yes, please. Let's do that. Um, make sure you're going to Music Biz 101WP.com. Sign up for that newsletter. Make sure you're following us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook. At Music Biz 101 WP. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We should give thanks, Dr. Stabon. Should we be giving thanks? Please. Let's give thanks to the folks at Van Dyne, Bruno Inc., and White Hat Management. With artists like Dave Matthews, Three Doors Down, St. Vincent, and Kiss. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. Uh, 
hyphen. CPA.com when you're ready. And we also want to give thanks to Christine Vey, a wealth manager at the Forefront Group. I, I, I brought my, uh, my, my, when you say Forefront instead of Forefront. Good. What do you call that when you can't do your R's? You're bad. <laughs> Not very good. I'm about to quit. Forefront Group. Christine has helped many professionals at the University of William Patterson manage their investments plan after their retirement. When you, you, listener, you, when you're thinking of building a bridge to your financial future, I want, I, I want you to think about the Forefront Group. And I, I want you to go to Vey at Forefront.com. Leave the last oil off for savings. Managing your band's sixth edition has been out for 15 years, but it's, <laughs> but it's not obsolete. William Patterson University is ranked one of the best music business schools in the country. Yes, Dr. Yes, Sima. and we're keeping our fingers crossed for any day now for the distinction again, I yes, believe. Yes, we are hoping for the distinction March. again. Yes. JK, we have been working very hard as a program to bring the business of music to students. I'm glad you said that. It is the business of music. Mm -hmm. It's not the music business. No, it's not music friends. Yeah. It's music business. Yeah. We and get involved because we love it, mm -hmm. but then at some point you have to make your mortgage. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very important. And actually, because um, you and I spoke on the phone earlier, mm -hmm. and one thing that we'll get into is making the mortgage and, and making it, because the band you're in now... Um, they're they're hardworking guys, and it's sort of a middle upper middle class band. I would guess you could correct me as we go. You know, we're, we're known but, as a B national. Yeah. What's what's that B national? Well, you have the A nationals like right. U2 and all, okay. you know, and you know we're we're a hard touring band doing 150 dates a year, you know, professional level mm -hmm. theaters and all that. Uh, but the industry has a classification, and you know, B national plays certain venues, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we'll do an opening like we opened up for Tom Petty in. Giant arenas, but we obviously can't fill an arena. Mm -hmm. But so, what, um, so you're you're like twenty five hundred. What can this? We're talking about the, by the way, the Smithereens is the band we're talking about. Yeah, um, I, I would say it's, it's safe uh, that uh, we could do twenty five hundred easily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But most of the venues we play are about a thousand. Right. Um, it's a more intimate, and we call the show a date with the Smithereens, mm -hmm. which was mm -hmm. one of their albums. Right. Right. And the guys are really. They're just regular Jersey guys. You know, they love pizza, and they come into the audience, and they sign autographs, and they talk to people. We have 11,000 uh, fan, Facebook fans mm -hmm. and loyal, loyal. Right. I mean, people that have been coming to see the band for 35 years. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's a really wonderful, lovely thing to be a part of. Right. Great. So you come out of, uh, you're now the tour manager? I've been their tour manager. I'm going into my 27th year. Wow. But you come out of uh, sound, out of mixing? and My background is I'm a, I'm a sound guy. I started a company in 1977 out of Bayo, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. uh, with one truck, uh, we have 32 people working with us. I have a partner who does the daily management. Right. And uh, I'm very proud of the company. We do all the events in Central Park, Susan Coleman Race for the Cure. Mm. Uh, a lot of a big, big events. Yeah, uh, I saw it on the website. Yeah. Um, and I also tour manage and do sound for the Smithereens. I uh, uh -huh. also work for Ronnie Spector. Okay. And, oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, she's a delight. Right. Um, and um, you know, when I'm not working my company, I'm on the road with the band or doing local things. So we have two shows in Jersey this week uh -huh. at SOPAC. And then the other one is down in Monmouth College at the uh -huh. Pollock Theater. And uh, we'll get to sleep in our own beds right. uh, this week. Right. But we do a lot of what I call jumping jets. We'll leave on uh, 
you know, a uh, Thursday night, fly into Chicago, play somewhere in Chicago, uh, go down somewhere into Illinois, and then go out to Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing in the kitchen saying, what just happened, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> but I love every minute That's of it. That schizophrenic yeah. sort of thing. And, uh, you know, I was saying to the class, I got into this because I love music, so I don't feel like I ever worked. And I'm very yeah. blessed that I'm making a living um, at doing this. Yeah. Meeting people, and like I said, when you go overseas, you try different foods. Mm-hmm. You go to the promoter's house. So it's like when you go on vacation to Spain, it's kind of, you know, it's all kind of figured out for you. But when we go, we go and we sit with the promoter at yeah. his home. And he brings out this green-looking liquid that <laughs> looks like it should go in your radiator. And it's especially homemade by the grandfather. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, that's a real lovely blessing sure, to have. You sure, know? So um, yeah. the band's had a great career. Uh, right. And we're still going. So now is it, uh, I guess with a band that's mellow, like Smithereens, uh, you can be the tour manager and also do the sound and not have to be babysitting them for as many tour managers have to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> these guys are top pros. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think one of the reasons why they made it is because they are so, such a delight as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're respectful. Um, not just for their fans, but everybody we uh, come into. I mean, right. we'll, we'll uh, be in the airport, and we got everyone laughing with us, and, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So they're 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 not not a high maintenance uh, band at all. Right. Uh, when it comes to personalities, mm-hmm. and even musically, they're just a simple uh, Jersey rock garage band. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're simple. Um, right. you know, you know, we, ha- we have some pizza at the end of the night and we go to the next show and, right. uh, we travel well, you know, we, most of the time we just carry our guitars and we all have a backpack mm-hmm. and we're off to the races. Right. Yeah. Are you guys, are you guys flying coach or are you well, business class, first class? What are you doing? We're, we're basically you know, flying coach, but we have a lot of points cause I mean, we fly almost every, right. I mean, I had 165,000 miles on continental last year. Mm-hmm. So if based on. It's up to the individual uh, if you want to upgrade, if it's a longer flight or if you're in the middle of a three, four-day stint. Sure. You know, I usually um, try to keep everybody around us, uh, you know, so in case somebody needs me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get the exit aisle, a little more room, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, flying is a, you, you turn into a professional traveler. Yep. <clears throat> like I said, I just carry a backpack and I have an iPad mm-hmm. and I never check baggage. And you're off, you're off to the races. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, so you've really learned how to travel extremely light. Yeah, I call it combat touring. You, uh-huh. you're, you're, you're like a soldier. You, you put the backpack on. Uh, you, you bring a, a, a fold-up rain gear. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact is um, you could get to find a Walmart. Or, um, right. So, you know, if I need a couple more shirts, right. um, you know, I, I'll, I'll get what I need. Right, know? right, you know? sure. So, and, you know, to the, the roadies years ago... When they're on a big tour, they would get a sh- shirt from each show the night before, and that's what they're wearing the next day. Ah. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so, yeah. You know, and you see these guys now, my age, I'm 60, they have a collection of, t- of T-shirts that people get like 300 bucks because yeah. the first Aerosmith tour or Ozzy right. Osbourne, right. you know? Sure. Um, so you travel light uh, and compact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always stay in nice hotels. Um, uh, when we do corporates and stuff, they'll really treat us well. Mm-hmm. And fly his first class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we play down at Epcot Center for Disney, which is really wonderful because the, the level of production, the food. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that the room they had me in last time 
would normally go for six hundred ninety dollars a night. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, but we've been very blessed. We've been all over the country. We played every state but Alaska. Mm. Uh, we were out in Hawaii for ten days, mm-hmm. uh, and we're for um, uh, Oracle. Mm-hmm. And it was their major uh, convention, mm-hmm. but they wanted us to play the opening night and the closing night. So they, we had eight days off at the Modelani. <laughs> And no they kidding. they paid yeah. for everything. I rented a catamaran. Uh-huh. So you know, and then there's days where we're sleeping in the airport, eating granola bars, and sure. we missed the flight. Of you know, but <laughs> right. yeah, it's pretty good. So now the band uh, has a uh, well, so many bands do, but they ha- have sort of a um, uh, a let's uh, say the word, but they're into the Beatles and into the Beatles music and so on. Mm-hmm. And they actually even did meet. Meet the Smithereens. Meet the Smithereens, which and is the takeoff on Meet the Beatles. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Um, the, the people in the audience, did they ask for that, for the covers, the Beatles covers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we also did a thing with The Who, which got us to play Carnegie Hall. Ah. So we have two records with the uh, doing Beatles things, and then we did a tribute with The Who. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a, a very natural... Uh, thing with this band you had three guys growing up in carteret they known each other since second grade two mm-hmm. of them made communion together mm-hmm. and two of them took accordion lessons together <laughs> so and they loved music and dennis dyken is a musicologist you say who played on this track and what studio and he it's unbelievable yeah so their love for music uh, like myself when i started growing up um isn't that just a natural thing Mm-hmm. And it's not like they just don't like music. They love it so much, they pretty much eat, drink, and sleep it. Mm-hmm. They could play any genre. Um, and if you listen to the catalog of songs, they'll have from these beautiful ballads, heart, heart-jerking ballads, to the heavy stuff like A Girl Like You, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which um, on the seventh-inning stretch in Yankee Stadium, they play A Girl Like You, and they pan around and show all the women on the, on the uh, mm-hmm. big screen. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but Buddy Holly's been a big influence. Mm-hmm. Pat did a Buddy Holly solo album, which mm-hmm. is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we listened to uh, The Four Freshmen, which influenced The Beach Boys. Yeah, sure. So it was been just a natural uh, thing for them. That yeah. they, you know, so then you hear it in their music, and they're not emulating the sound. They have their own sound, but... Their education and their love of the stuff that came before us. We were talking about it in the class with one of the gentlemen. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. does R and B, and uh, he likes the old stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. so you, you learn. Obviously, we learn from the past, and and uh, that's how you get educated. Right. You know. So, so they 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 really. Uh, and th- well, the other thing that's going on right now is we always do cover songs. So we we we're doing a chain gang. Um, uh, that's the man working on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sam Cook. Sam Cook. Sam right. Cook. Because Robin Wilson, who's singing with us uh, on a, on occasion, uh, that's one of his influences. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Why don't we do it?" And like, really? And, like, and the audience loves it, and they do it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And then we have Marshall Crenshaw. Right. And he fronts us, and he has his, his influences, and we're doing things uh, like from Fabian and uh, Marshall's mm-hmm. another one. He knows. Mm-hmm. You say Marshall. This record, this way, and he, oh yeah, I got. It. He pulls it up on his phone. It's like it, it's really a, it's really a delight uh, yeah. for me to be with right. these guys. You know, right? Uh, so now they lost the lead singer a couple of years ago. Yes, um, our dear Pat, um, who was just an incredible human being, 
uh, passed away at age 62. Mm. And Very young. Too young. Yeah. yeah. Too young. And an incredible powerhouse uh, about music knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Not only music, but, but literature, poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, very creative guy. Mm-hmm. And he wrote some of the greatest songs. Um, and then what happened was when he passed away, little Stephen from Springsteen mm-hmm. said, uh, let's have a tribute at the Count Basie uh, uh, Theater. Yeah. So... Um, they started to put it together, and everybody in the business heard about it. Robin Wilson showed up, Marshall Crenshaw, uh, folks from the Cowsills, uh, an incredible list of people. Mm-hmm. And they all came and, and performed in tribute to Pat. Mm-hmm. And after that, the audience was like, well, you, what are you going to do now? And everybody's like, we don't know, because we're still kind of in we No, we're not kind of. We were in shock. Sure. And... Uh, Robin and Marshall said, well, let's, let's do a couple of shows. And we're, we're into a year and a half of doing not more, not a couple, but over 60. Hmm. And we're selling out everywhere we go, all over the country. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a real tribute to Pat and the, the, the greatness of his music. You still have the three original members, and they're the sound. Mm-hmm. Mike wrote those bass lines. And for like Blood and Roses, yeah. which is yeah. all bass. Yeah. All, right. all that blue period. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy's style is one of the most unique guitar styles and tones. He doesn't use any effects or pedals. He just runs straight through a Marshall and runs it at 11. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dennis Dyken, I've never heard him miss a beat mm-hmm. in 26 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just holds it down. And then with these great front men, the audiences are loving it. I'm having a great time mixing it. Right. You know, and uh, we're expanding. Uh, we, have an al- we have two albums coming out. We got an album coming out shortly. It was stuff recorded um, in 1991 with all Pat's vocals mm. that we never released. We're calling it the Lost Album. <laughs> and then we're working with Marshall and uh, Robin and some other artists um, to do a new Smithereens album for 2021. Mm. Oh, wow. So it was real exciting, you know. Right. And, uh, for our listeners, by the way, Robin Wilson was in The Gin Blossoms. Yes. So you yeah. had Smithereens, uh, Pete, what? So the, uh, Smithereens peaked, like, 86 they came out with. Blood and Roses, I think, was the first big single. Yeah, the band was formed in 80, and they got their first top 10 hit. But for five years, they had a hard time getting signed. Right. Because they're kind of unique, the sound. And mm-hmm. at that time, it was that new wave stuff, a lot mm-hmm. of keyboard-orientated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the Blood and Roses went to the top 10. I think it went to number four on the mm-hmm. on the main charts. And that's really launched them. Um they have a beautiful record before that called Green Thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, once you get to that world and you get a hit, then they just keep coming. So mm-hmm. I think they've had four number 10. Okay. We got a couple of gold records. I It's pro- one of my uh, proudest things I have. I have a gold record. That's cool. So I never thought as a kid from Bayonne I'd have a gold record on my record. <laughs> you know, it's right. really, you know, it's like sure. hitting the conventional, conventional Medal of Honor yeah, if you're yeah. in the music business, right. you know. And the band just got inducted into the New Jersey Hall of Fame mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. with some really great people. We sure. had a wonderful night, and uh, uh, Southside Johnny was there. Yeah, it was down in Atlantic City. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Asbury Park. Oh, right. The, uh, At the Paramount. Paramount. Yeah, the historic Paramount. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that that really means something. And it's funny, I, I haven't seen it yet, but they're supposedly going to put a big thing on the wall in Terminal C of Newark Airport ah. with the band. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to it because it's like high school. We have so much fun. And the first time I'm going to see these mugs on the wall, I'm going to mm-hmm. get a picture with them. And people will start saying, hey, those are the guys right there on the mm-hmm. wall. And, yeah, right. You know, to, you know, to keep go- from going crazy on the road, we're really a tight family. And uh, we have certain music we listen to. Um, we have uh, uh, our own language that we communicate to make <laughs> ourselves laugh. Um, uh, you know, uh, they, you know, there's certain foods. Uh, it, mm-hmm. It's 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 really a delight. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now they're managed by whom? Len Fico out of L.A. at a, a, a company called Fuel, and uh, he's been with us quite some time. Mm-hmm. And um, a good guy, good guy to work with. Uh, I been tour manager and uh on many other tours and sometimes you don't get lucky and you, you don't have such a great manager mm-hmm. um but len len is on his on the ball um he's out on the road with us with with you know anything that mm-hmm. is necessary mm-hmm. and him and i work really well together uh, mm-hmm. you know so it's, it's a it's a again another pleasure to have well, a, such a good organization and they have one agent or what yeah, we're, uh, we're booked right now. We're with TKO. Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to book the smithereens, you would call up TKO. Jim Lenz is our uh, acting mm-hmm. agent. Mm-hmm. And they would negotiate the event. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, student co-host, wanted to ask a question. Oh, yeah. It was... Uh, you got to get closer. Oh, sorry. Um, I was wondering, because as you were talking a lot about moving around and doing a lot of stuff with, like, the Disney... And like playing all these different places, I was like, "What does it take to actually prepare to go out on tour? How much effort and stuff do you? How much is on your checklist before you guys start like your twenty day or ten day, maybe five day tour? Mm-hmm. Like, how much goes into it? An awful lot. Um, I call it doing your homework. Um, the most important thing is communication with the people that you're going to interact with at each venue. I'm I'm an advocate of. I, we text and all that, but you call that person up and you say, hi, I'm J.K. from the Smithereens. And you start a little bit of a personal conversation with them. And you get to know them. And you say, well, what school do you go to, you know, and mm-hmm. this and that? And how did you get into business? So when I arrive, they're comfortable with me. Um, the, the basic pattern is uh, someone who wants the Smithereens to perform will contact our booking agent. The booking agent will call our management. Management will negotiate... Uh, the 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 monies and and things like that are going to provide hotel rooms, transportation, and that it goes back to the booking agent. They send the contract back to the person that wants to uh, book the band for an event. Once that goes through, it comes to me. So I'm boots on the ground. Management doesn't travel with us. Um, it's it's basically me and the, and the the four guys in the band. We have a full time travel agent. Her name is Lisa. She is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people save money uh, with you know these other programs to get travels, but we're, we're booking six, seven, eight hundred flights a year. So she does the travel. I tell her, I say, Lisa, we're going here. I want to get out of Newark and at Thursday morning. Um, when you tour, you take the first flight out, right? Uh, we're we're working. This is a business. You do that so that you don't miss a flight. Because later in the day, bad weather moves in, and then you're sleeping on the floor. So I'd rather be there having a cup of coffee than that. So we get the travel done. I advance all the equipment technically. 
I speak to the hospitality people. Uh, you know, can I have a cold cut platter, real milk for our tea, and that's actually that's we we're yeah. not one of those bands where you take the M and M's out. You know, right. you have a um, good rider though. I mean, you have we, a rider. We, we have a rider. Our rider goes out uh, back to the people that are employing us, the venue. And it says this is what we like to have. You know, we like our pizza at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of guitar amps we need. Um, they'll usually uh, put us up in the hotels. When we get to the airport, um, if it's a one-off, they'll pick us up. Mm-hmm. Like a, an important thing, they mean well. They want to send a limo, but limos at our age, <laughs> and we're, we're we're all big guys, are uncomfortable. So yeah. I said, just send us Chevy Suburban, and right. you know, and and sure. you know, we carry our merchandise. So I have to do that. So each night. I set the merchandise out at the venue. I have to do the uh, spreadsheet and the accounting on that. Uh, I settle with the with the with the uh, venue. Uh, Explain the, that. Explain what settlement is. is the the balance of the money they owe you. Mm-hmm. So we always get a deposit, and then the balance is paid, you know, uh, by the promoter at the event, uh, the day of. So um, the show, are you settling during the show? At, well, you're, you're doing sound during the show, so you're settling after the show, correct? Yeah, we, you know, the band's been around 40 years, and we play such wonderful, legitimate, uh, year after year, we play the mm-hmm. same, a good portion that, you know, mm-hmm. we will always be at the Arcadia Theater in Ch- Chicago. Back in the old day, it's, most tour managers would want to settle prior to the show so that the promoter don't go out the back door. Mm-hmm. You have nothing to negotiate with. <laughs> um I got a funny story, not to get off topic. Uh, we were on, this is a long time ago, we were on a, t- a bus tour, and they gave us a pickup gig on a Friday night outside of Norfolk. We were playing a big festival in Virginia, and we called bus money. It's an extra show. We're on the bus heading down. Why not do the show? It's extra money. Mm-hmm. You know, it pays for the gas. It costs a lot of money to keep a bus on the, on the road, about 1000 to $1,200 a day. Mm-hmm. So we get there, and the promoter's all happy. He loves the smithereens, but it's like a sports bar. It's it's really not the venue we would, you know. And we do sound check. We had gotten a deposit. And I turn around, and he's gone. Now, it's time to go on. <clears throat> and I haven't found him. When we first arrived, he shows us this full-size Elvis statue with the gold lame. <laughs> and this is his pride and joy, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> so... He says, look, I, said, I moved it out. I know we're going to have a big crowd. I don't want it to get disturbed. And he had it in the back by the icebox. And he was really like, what do you think? And see, this was his thing, right? So he didn't show back up. I didn't want to hold the show any longer. So I told the road crew, I said, take Elvis and put him in the bus. Mm-hmm. So we took Elvis and we locked him up in the belly box of the bus. And we took Elvis hostage for payment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and, and he comes back later, you know, and he even noticed Elvis gone. And I was like saying, "Come on, let's settle. Let's settle. I gotta go. I, you know, I'm, I'm on a row." And it was this and that, this and that. And then he noticed Elvis was gone. I said, mm-hmm. "Well, me and the crew got Elvis, and you get Elvis after you pay us." So right. we hijacked Elvis to get paid that night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we've done some funny stuff like that. Um, but then you get to the venue, you meet everybody, uh, you talk to the sound lighting people, um, you, you know, the hospitality people, the front office, the box office, the merchandise people. It's a long list of people involved that never get any credit. But mm-hmm. the band is very aware of what all these people do because um, on a large tour, we were out with Tom Petty. We had 60 people on staff for four guys on stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, a lot of work. Do your homework. And you learn, as you do it enough, you learn all the stuff right away. You know, and uh, 
You'll learn hard when you, when you make a mistake. Trust me. Right. You said uh, that you called uh, you call ahead for amps. Like, uh, so there's no more bringing amps on the road anymore. Is more just like, oh, they'll have it there when we get there type of situation. Well, because we're normally a weekend touring band, um, and we travel, we fly into the shows with just guitars, and then there's always great companies all over the country that could provide exactly the type of drums we want, the type of guitar amps we need, and you send your rider, you have your, your tech rider, a backline rider, and they'll deliver it to the venue, and that's picked the cost, the cost of that is picked up usually by the promoter. Mm. So it's kind of nice, at, uh, and you know, opposed to back in the day when we were carrying gear. But um, out on, on the Tom Petty tour, we carried our gear because we had the bus, we had the crew. And it's day-after-day venue. It's continuous. We were out for a couple of weeks. But if you're doing a one-off or just a weekend thing, they'll provide it. Mm-hmm. All right, so the band's not on the road. What are you doing? Well, I own a, my own company. I started in 1977 out of Bayonne. Uh, it's called Kennedy Event Services, and we do sound lights, backline staging, professional rentals, and uh, uh, production management. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not working as a tour manager, I'm working with Kennedy Events, but I also work as a production manager. People hire me to handle their entire event. I have the uh, it's the 106th anniversary of the Armenian Genocide in Times Square. It's the commemorative, oh. and it's right in Times Square. What happened? At the, I don't even know what happened. You well, unfortunately, yeah. um, uh, back back around World War One, uh, there are over a, a million and a half people uh, that were killed off um, uh, in Armenia. Okay, and mm-hmm. it's known as the Armenian Genocide. A lot of people don't know it because it kind of uh, doesn't get brought up in history, unfortunately. But um, I work with the Archdiocese of New York, the Armenian Archdiocese, um, and it's the commemorative uh, for that event. They usually bring in. Uh, Armenian artists to perform, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of dignitaries, and then uh, you know the the uh, political people, uh, senators and things. But it's fifteen thousand pe- people right in the middle of Times Square on Sunday afternoon. Wow! So my job is to deal with everything from New York City Police Department for the security, and they're the best in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've worked every I've worked every other place, and they're all great. But NYPD. They know how to handle events, and they're amazing to work with. Um, and we we deal from the security to the site layout, uh, bringing in all the production. My company does the production part of it. Uh, I do the programming, uh, all the musics. I mean, pretty much as a production manager, I'm in charge of everything. That, mm-hmm. uh, I was saying to the kids in the class, uh, believe it or not, how important the Porter Johns. Of course. And now with the security level, the way things are, it's really a lot more complicated to get approved to bring Porter Johns anywhere near. You know, they remove garbage cans, they mm-hmm. weld the sewer plates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people don't really realize what goes into an event. Um, they see the band or they see the stage, but well, Times Square. I mean, New Year's Eve. Yeah, we hear that. You know, they corral you off because yeah. I've been in those things for the Thanksgiving. Okay, uh, when they blow up the. Yeah, uh, things and you you just like yeah. yeah you're just in a, a maze to yeah. get there, but but Times Square on New Year's Eve, they put you in the corral and then you're not allowed out. No, you can't. And there's no bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. So people that get there at seven, a.m. Yeah. I always wonder what what are they doing by midnight? I mean, I, they have diapers on or, mm-hmm. or you I know mean, because they don't. No liquids. 
They don't have yeah. all those porta potties yeah. in the corral. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, you, you, you know, even with everything going on, you have to continue um, uh, the events. Um, right. We do a lot of stuff in Central Park, and uh, the New York Marathon, and uh, after nine eleven, uh, the security there really changed the entire setup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one one of the things I'm most personally proud of is. Uh, for the eight years while Giuliani uh, was the mayor, uh, we did a lot of the big events there. Mm-hmm. That's, we handle big events, my company. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, we did the Yankees and all that. And like, then like after the Yankees the, ticker tape parade or something? Oh, or? yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and uh, even with that, uh, they learned that uh, people were lighting all the ticker tape on fire, and they had little fires all over mm-hmm. the, the avenue. So now the police, uh, the, the fire department, carry backpacks of extinguishers you know it's just good mm-hmm. like i said new york's amazing they'll figure it out uh, but after 9 11 that was obviously september 11th they called me into the mayor's office and they said we're doing an event on october 28th wow that's six weeks after it you know mm-hmm. and we're not sure what to do what to expect so they were going to try to keep it simple have family members come um no music or anything like that you know uh, you know, just to, you know, have a ceremony. Um, I was the lead engineer on it. It turned out to be, uh, they, they estimated 2,500, 9,000 showed up. <laughs> Andrea Bocelli performed. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber with the St. Luke's Orchestra. Uh, Renee Fleming. They uh, piled it on me. Yeah. <laughs> I had 186 satellite feeds. But I have a connection with the Port Authority. My wife worked for the Port Authority. We lost seven friends that day. Uh-huh. So I had to really step up to the plate. Mm-hmm. And um, it was probably one of the most, uh, uh, you know, I didn't have emotion during it because I had to work. I had to do the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mixed that that first ceremony. So uh-huh. uh, that's, out of all the things I've done, that seems to be one of the most important. Although I have a theory that if I'm doing a show with two little speakers and one mic or I'm doing an arena, they're all that important. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. So is when uh, like the Armenian come in, they have to rent out Times Square. Uh, does the city? <coughs> I'm not asking how much. Does the city charge? Um. Or there's just a police charge for extra and well, and so on. there's a charge for the additional security. Of course. And uh, the Armenian uh, archdiocese has been kind of uh, grandfathered into that particular site. They've changed mm-hmm. it over the years. Now it's two blocks of there's no traffic, so it makes it a little easier to, yeah, to navigate right. and work. Um, you know, and and then they they pay the contractors and uh, whatever services needed to do an event. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a four hour event. It starts at noon and ends at four. And we literally have to have everything off the street at six. Uh-huh. So we load in there at five in the morning, and I find it exciting. It's April. We've been lucky. The weather's it's brisk, but Right. And there's no sun in Times Square. You get a little sun where, you, where that area is around 2 o'clock for like right. 30 minutes. And I'm always the first one there. Mm-hmm. And I get out of my car, and I got my little safety light going. And I say, man, I'm going to do this again. This is cool. <laughs> and, uh, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm up against the, 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 the wall with pulling this off. Right. And then the trucks show up, and we start unloading, and we have a certain way to load in and load out. Um, you know, we get the... The gear that's needed on the left out, and everything's marked on the cases. Mm-hmm. And uh, we let the stage people come and build the stage. 
Then we put the sound lighting, the backdrop up and all that. Um, run out the audio feeds. Uh, generators. Everything's on it, yeah. Um, we run the whole thing off on uh, uh, two generators, one big 60KW, which is on the end of the corner there mm-hmm. with heavy wire. And uh, that powers the majority of the site. And then we have a delay system that runs off another generator. Mm-hmm. But we always have an extra generator by the truck because if they want to, you bring three. Right. And that's what built my company. A lot of people say, well, you didn't pay for it. Yeah, but I saved the show. Yeah. So you're going to hire me again. So how much is that worth? Mm-hmm. You know? So, but it's a very exciting event to do. Um, and uh, I've been working with the people now. They brought me in to do the 100th. So we're going into the 106th. Mm-hmm. So I have a personal relationship with these people. I meet with them a couple of times. But when I see Harant out there in the morning, he's this lovely older gentleman. And I'm so happy to see him. I said, mm-hmm. you know, he's a friend of me now. Mm-hmm. We work. You know, we hug and we work and we, and we're doing something that's so important. You know, it's it's not about just getting paid. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a great event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, before Anthony reads uh, a question to you via tweet, where did that work ethic come from? In which, you know, they only asked for two, so you're bringing three. Was that just something in the back of your head, or you learned that because something happened? way in the beginning you're like i'm never letting that happen again. it's um i was saying to the kids uh i'm very proud of my immigrant grandfather and mm-hmm. grandmother i grew up in a sicilian home and uh my dad was irish so uh and it, <clears throat> he was a master sergeant in the army mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he told me you comb your hair you shine your shoes you never leave the house unshaven so that's kind of where i got it when i was a kid i want to sleep he would say get up and he'd <clears> come <throat> in with a cup of water Mm-hmm. It'd be like child Bruce now. Bruce right, now. Right. And my mother is just the loveliest, most uh, educated woman. She loved music, and, and she just taught me to care and, you know, love cooking and feed people. So I, I think I'm going to attribute it to my, to, to all my, all my, um, my family, my Uncle Sammy, mm-hmm. uh, my Aunt Elena played the Beatle records for me. Um, that's how I got my love for music. And, you know, she would play Chubby Checker, we do the Limbo Rock. Under yeah. a broomstick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been, I've worked with Shelby so many times now, you know, it's just a delight to do that. So I, I, it's definitely from my, my family and their, the way they brought me up and, uh, you know, go to work, expect nothing, always be nice, always be nice mm-hmm. on your worst day. And um, just to uh, avoid confrontational people um, and, and try to make peace. And uh, it works. It's harder. It's a hard, it's harder work sometimes, but. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I, my, I had the most loveliest grandparents, um, and, and my grandfather worked, and uh, we lived in Bayonne, the sidewalks. We had a corner house and the old slate sidewalks, mm-hmm. uh, the big, heavy. They must have weighed hundreds of pounds. Every spring, he could be out there with a crowbar and level them. Ah. Mm-hmm. And when we rode our bikes around the, around the block, everybody else's sidewalk was like, duh, 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 duh. and when you would get to my grandfather's sidewalk, it was like the Daytona 500, <laughs> was, you know? And, and so, I mean, yeah, you know, those right. kind of things. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's cool. Sure. Here's uh, a question. Anthony's going to read a tweet for you. Oh, all right. Uh, at Josh J seven, four, seven, two, one, uh, probably should change that name, Josh. Uh, <laughs> do you get, uh, nervous about traveling, with, uh, for tours, with all the coronavirus out right now? Um, no, I, I, yeah, you know, we travel. Um, if, if I thought there was a real threat, uh, 
um, and it's a real good possibility that some of the venues won't have larger gatherings. But um, we, we, because we're professional travelers, we, we always have hand sanitizer and things like that. And um, it's so, something unavoidable. I, I think that uh, if it's truly bad, then they'll stop us traveling. But uh, I don't see us, you, you know, uh, not traveling because you're worried about catching something because there's been Ebola and there's been so many other epidemics and more people die of the flu. And I'm an asthmatic. I'm, I'm constantly taking um, medication for my mm-hmm. asthma. So I'm actually more, more careful. And like I said in the class, my job as tower manager, I call myself the bulldog. I keep my people safe. When we're going to a hotel, if we're traveling somewhere, I'm the bulldog. So if I thought it was a an issue... But not right now, Josh. Um, and uh, hopefully things will get better. And uh, they usually do. Um, but uh, spring's coming. And I also farm. And uh, it'll kill off a lot of this, too, I think, uh, you know, at some point. But uh, you have to go to the show and you have to get the job done. All right. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, we also have another tweet coming in from Nielsen underscore Tello. And he's asking, "Hey, Mr. Kennedy, since you've been on, to- since you've been a tour manager for a respectable amount of time, I wanted to know what advice you would give your past self, or if there was something you would change, or whether it would be like a show or a decision you made or didn't make." Is- uh, so you want to know what I messed up, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we all do, um, and that's the only way to learn. Um, I'm at the point now. Um, you're always learning. I told my children that. So I can't think of anything um, in particular uh, that became so disastrous. I'm sure we had things. Um, the one thing I learned um, as we got older, um, you check into a hotel and they put you up on the 13th floor and things like that. I always check the band into the lowest floor possible now because we were on uh, the Tom Petty tour and the hotel went on fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm gathering around. I try to keep everybody on the same floor. And I'm trying to get everybody. It was very early in the morning. And uh, get them all into the stairwell. And uh, it was tough going down the stairwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and everyone's nervous. I mean, when, there's, when there is a, um, a, a situation like that, it's only natural. We're human. We're wired to uh, fight or flight. And, you know, you know, so I had to keep it together. So... Yeah, I think like something like that. I learned. Um, I always carry a backpack, and and it's on the edge of my bed. If I got to get out of that room, I have everything I need to continue. Mm-hmm. You know, I can leave clothes behind, but passports, any documentations, anything like that. And like I said, you could always go to a Walmart and get a couple of shirts. Mm-hmm. And you keep everybody's passports. Is that your, or is it just yours? No, I I keep mine. Um, Back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, uh, if if you're dealing with a, a a band that wasn't that cooperative, yeah, you take their passports. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it's a tour manager trick. You know, uh, like one of the other tricks is when you're going overseas, when you get off the plane, I split the band up. We don't go Drew as a band. Mm-hmm. I say you go down there, you go down there Drew Customs, because they won't they won't mm-hmm. detain you as long. Right. You know, if they got they got you going through through together as a band, ah, oh, bands coming through and they're looking for things, you know. And I mean, uh, we have no bad habits outside of pizza. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. 
Um, all right, so we have another tweet coming up. Oh, wow, this is cool. Wow. You're yeah. getting them fast. Uh, at Jenna Vitali is asking, of all the challenges of being a road manager, what do you feel is the most difficult part? Uh, not getting emotional uh, when, when you, you really would like to because you have to be the person in control. Uh, and that's it for me because I love people and I love what I do. So if there's something that could be emotional to me, I'm going to have to put it away for later and guide my, my group and, and, and get them safe. Uh, so it all goes back to that. Mm-hmm. At what point can a band afford somebody like you? At what cap room? At what point is the band yeah, ready to have to a tour manager? Tour, so. oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I work cheap. No. Um, uh, usually, it's a necessity when they get to the point where they have a record that's uh, you know hitting the charts. Um, so, but along with that comes the fact that they're making more money, so they'll bring on a tour manager. It's kind of a necessity. Um, what happened with me is I started as a full-time audio guy. But there was a point in the industry where um, if you learned how to tour manage and you did audio, now you're offering two for the mm, price yeah. of one. Yeah. And uh, it's it's still very prevalent to this day. And uh, I've been the tour manager in front of house audio for Joel and uh, a lot of other uh, big-name acts. Um, you know, the, the, the only big-name act that I'm just an audio guy with, and it's kind of nice because all I have to do is audio, is Ronnie Spector. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's an absolute delight. I mean, she's really an American treasure. She's a lady. Um, we were playing a show, and the air conditioning broke. We were up in Massachusetts in July in this big old wooden hall. And it was like 105 degrees in there. And she requires us to wear jackets, the band and, and me. Mm-hmm. And it was brutal before we were to go on. And... <clears throat> uh, her manager said, we'll cut the set back a little bit and, you know, we'll get through this. And they got a couple of fans for her. And she said, I was there. She says, uh, is the audience out there sitting out there waiting for me? And he says, yeah. He says, well, if they're willing to sit in the heat, we're going to go do a full show. And boys, put your jackets on. Uh, yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was really great. She, you know. And we, I, I thought I was going to die at front of house. It was so hot. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And she's been through so much. I mean, D- Dr. Stabon is a close personal friend of Phil Spector's. Ah. Okay. That's where you would come in and bring yeah, in I Phil Spector's. No you, you, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was supposed to be here, and didn't he come like four hours late or something? Oh, yes. Spector? Yes, he did finally show up, but he was uh-huh. doing, a, he was starting a lecture tour. Oh, about 20 years ago. Yeah, it had to be some And at uh, that time, I was pretty close with um, Dave Marsh. Okay. And Dave called me and said he's looking for a college to talk at. Uh-huh. And that was it. And the whole place was filled with critics and, oh, I and everything. Very know. interesting. And he was, he was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. When he, when he spoke, he was, he was pretty good. Yeah. But I have a Ronnie story that I'll tell you. Oh, sure. I want to hear it. Well, I'll tell you off the air. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. And I guess Phil Spector's not doing many college tours anymore I guess at the moment. Not. <laughs> I guess it's hard to do that from your cell. Okay, go on. Remote. <laughs> Hologram. Yeah. <laughs> Hologram. <laughs> He's still alive. Oh, but Houston's doing that. Yeah. Um, so this is a question from underscore Adam Fratt. Uh, 
he has actually two questions. The first one is, uh, what do you think the key to success is when becoming when it comes to being a tour manager for a specific group? Is it like time management or organization? Also, uh, do you ever find yourself making decisions that greatly benefit the band over yourself? Um, I'll answer the last one first. All the time. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Like I said, I'm the bulldog. So, um, you know, I uh, I love them because I've been with them so long. They're 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 friends, uh, close, lovely friends. They feel like brothers to me. So, uh, whatever is best for them, I will do. Um, as to uh, getting success, just work hard. Love what you do, and don't fool yourself. Um, if you got to get up at four in the morning. Make fun, have fun with it, you know. Um, I, I get up every morning. I had an aunt, and um, I grew up in, I told you, about this house. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Bayonne. And when I was a little kid, I used to sing Jingle Bells every morning. And she laughs because she says to me, when you were little, it would be the middle of summer, and you'd be singing Jingle Bells. I purposely sing Jingle Bells every morning because I loved her. Mm-hmm. And it gets me going. So um, success, uh, we're in the greatest country in the world if you want to do it. Love what you do, work hard, and then you're going to start small uh, with local bands, and then you get that first hit. Never take advantage of that. Just keep going, and 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 if you really love it, you're going to be great at it. Because who, you know who doesn't you know who who isn't great that loves what they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's say a tour gets canceled. Who can you go through the whole system? Who's affected? When a tour gets canceled, it's not just you. Oh, everybody. Um, you know, first, you know, first you have the uh, the promoters because they probably have deposits on things. You have all the people that work at that venue, even to the people that clean the restrooms. Um, you have all the contractors that are providing the audio gear and the backline, the staging. Um, a tremendous amount of people. Uh, it, 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 you know, it's uh, not just the band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we'd absorb that and probably get booked somewhere else, but uh, the people that really get hurt are the people that are going to be at those venues and providing services, uh, the, uh, the the people selling the food. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it could be quite devastating. Yeah, we, we learned a lot last night because we had Jarell Aronovich, who, who's the GM of PNC Arts Center, and she was talking about how the employees are seasonal and how when there's not a show, they're not there. Yeah. And so how great she feels she was able to extend their season uh, by 40 nights in the late fall because of a, a holiday light show that people can drive mm-hmm. through and that was able to give people more work for a longer period of time. But yeah. Yeah, so you can see that since she hires about 1,000 people a year. Was that the number that she said? Yeah, about? 700 to 1,000. Yeah. Um, so you can see a show doesn't happen. That affects a lot of people. A lot of people, you know. The other thing is, <clears throat> if you have a company like my company, um, if if you you got to be real creative in the way you think, and you got to be willing to lose money and take risks. And uh, when my children were small, I used to take them to the mall up in Hackestown where I live, and they had the whole Santa Claus set up, the chair and everything. And <clears throat> one summer, I go by and they're tearing tearing down the the uh, the mall. And out in the middle of the rubble, I see the Santa chair and the sled and everything, right? <laughs> I know you folks are going to think I'm crazy after I leave. And I said, you know what? I hope they don't destroy that. So I went over to the construction trailer, and I said, what are you doing with that? He says, go to the dumpster. 
I said, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. Mm-hmm. Right. I, and I bought it for my kids. I just wanted to, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big collector and I don't want to get into that, but George Dassinger will tell you, he's been to my home and I have train layouts and mm-hmm. farm tractors and, you know, and so I bought it and that was in August. And then I got called into a, 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 a meeting with a, a group of uh, business district people from a town. And they want to do a tree lighting. And uh, they said, you know, can you do the audio and this and that? And I said, yeah. You know? And then I'm sitting there and I'm saying, you know what? I got a Santa Claus layout. You know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to get someone to, you know, if you want to get Santa Claus, I should say. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, well, We'll uh, have the Santa Claus lay out there. And they said, well, how much? I said, uh, oh. <laughs> and I said, uh, 200 bucks, right? I've been renting that thing now for about 22 <laughs> years. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then we, we also that's donated true. to children's charities to use. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, in business, you get creative. And I'll be honest with you, it's a lot of fun. Santa Claus comes on the fire truck with the wireless mic. Right. I put a reverb unit on, and the kids mm-hmm. are happy. And, <laughs> and then you know, and and so it's turned into a really lovely extension to what we do. And like I said, we 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 give it away free for any uh, any charities for kids. Right. I I like to work with uh, children's charities because right. um, I've been so blessed with my two. So how'd you learn about sound? Well, I was always a tinkerer, and I was a guitar player. And I had a little PA for the band. And then there was a local group um, <clears throat> in Bayonne who was kind of big at the time. Everyone thought they were really going to make it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was 15, they used to bring me into New York and let me sit against the wall at Great Gildersleeve so they wouldn't know that I was underage. And this guy, Greg, would show me how to run the audio. Uh-huh. So he was the first person. And then I've had some really great mentors over the years. Uh, John Hanty from Studio Systems. Mm-hmm. I got to work with uh, Roy Sakalis, who's a world-renowned engineer, did all the Frank Sinatra and Joe yeah, records. Yeah, I've heard his name. So, like, what I was saying to all, all the kids tonight, don't ever turn an opportunity down. Feast, mm-hmm. you know? And you know, I know how to do lights. I know how to do sound. I could drive a tour bus. Uh, you, you know, so if you have to do that, you have to do it. If I have to move the bus, I said, well, I better learn how to move this thing, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so... You know, and I actually like driving the bus. It's kind of fun. You know? <laughs> the second person in two nights who's been here who said, don't say no to anything. Never. You yeah. get an opportunity to no say yes. No matter what you do. Yeah. yeah. No say matter yes. what. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's been great having you. We need to wrap it up. Yeah. This has been lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Let's clap for John Kennedy. <laughs> JK. JK. <laughs> JK. Brother of Robert. And we appreciate you being here. Anthony Brown, student co-host. Thank Brother you very much. Anthony. Ant. Ant was here. There we go. We, that's right. Uh, and Anthony's sister. What's your sister's name? Tamara? <laughs> yeah. Tamara Bound, the TV. There we All go. All right. SD. And uh, Ashley Veltner, who uh, doesn't understand what she's saying, but we know that she will turn everything up and turn everything down because that's what she does as the German engineer that she is. And, of course, let's give her that. Give her some of that. She gets a little. That's all she gets. Yes. Then, of course, we have Abby Marcone. Is she awake? Yeah, she's, uh, yes, she's, yes, the <laughs> daughter of Dr. Stabon. That's right. And um, and then I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp, and we have Dr. Stabon. Marconi. And for all of us, we want to say thank you for no. listening. What? Next week, the surprise is... We will let you know. Yeah, we'll let you know next week at 8 p.m. If you're listening to this as a podcast, just listen to the next podcast. Yes, yeah, you you are not to know. 
So we appreciate you listening. And then after that, we have a week off for spring break. Right, right. Oh, nice. That is right. And we do have uh, some great people coming up in April as well. Yes. So uh, it's going to be some great stuff coming up. So at the end of every show, JK, we do not say hello. Okay. And you, we, what we do say, you may join in halfway through the word. You are going to know what I'm saying. And you will, you will probably desire to stream, scream at the top of your lungs <laughs> as if you were a member of the Schmitherine. Put me on the spot. Okay. Ready? So we don't say hello. We say, adios! Uh. And then we decide the sign.